0: Welcome to the In The Deep With Dave podcast. Being a successful entrepreneur, Dave discusses with guests their motivation, mindset, and their meaning of success.
1: Welcome to another episode of In The Deep of Deer. Sit down um, didn't even look me in the eye and I kind of was like, whoa, that's how it's coming up be." me. Um, this was on Christmas Day, I couldn't believe oh it. I was like,
0: whoa.
1: Today's episode, I'm joined with.
0: Pamela Anderson, when she was on Bayboy. When you're looking for
1: fighting the advice for entrepreneurs, if you go into business, or if you start a business, chasing the money. And you can't do it once. Like, people think they're going to sit down and think about the role of attraction. I've got the guys to lose over 100 store. I went over to Ed, I'd give him a cuddle, and I said, look, he's brilliant. He can build the guitar, doing a big beatboxing. And he's words to me, and it always stick to me,
0: too. Do you really think I'm good? Please hang up and try again. Anthony, how's it going? Hello, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you? How are you, buddy? i good, mate. I'm good, mate. How's things? yeah I man, not, not too bad i can't grumble i can't grumble um mate yeah you know what i'm alive and well everyone i like, love and care about and they're, they're all doing well um so yeah mate you know it's uh it's important to look on the positive side of life i think and um yeah and you know, things are going things are okay i mean it could be could be better let's not lie yeah but um, yeah it could be it's crazy. a lot worse as well so it is i think everyone's in the same i
1: think uh, as long as you fit, healthy alive and you know you will well then that's all we've got at the minute. We've just gotta get on with it and, and, and make the best of it as we can, I suppose.
0: hundred percent. I could not have said it better myself, mate. Got to go on with it, make the best of this time out. Oh, I've said a couple of times that we've been asked to stay home, um, most people. And yeah. you know, it's been what eight, nine weeks now? I don't even know. And we're never going to be able to stay home and not go to work for, for two, three months ever again. So whilst we are at home, why don't we make the most of the situation and, and do things that we don't normally have the time to do? So, you know, yeah. there's this quote, um, I live by, like, things work out best for those and make the best of the way things work out. And yeah. like, we we didn't ask for this, but we can make the most of it by making it make it work for us. And that's what I'm trying yeah, to do yeah.
1: yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's exactly right. And, Uh, At the start of lockdown, even myself, I try to put pressure on myself saying, I'm going to do this in business, I'm going to do this. And then in the end, now, most days I'll, I'll work in the morning and then enjoy the time with the kids and we go out for walks and I get more steps in now than I did before lockdown. So it's, you know, we'll go out for one big long walk a day, we spend time with the kids, we're in the garden. So it's like, I'll never get this time with the kids otherwise. I'm always so busy with work when we're not on lockdown. So... I'm going to use this time and you know try and make it memorable for them as as well as trying to ease what they they they're doing.
0: My hundred percent, hundred percent. I haven't got kids, it's just me and my wife. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm driving around the bed. Uh, <laughs> so I haven't got that. I haven't got that luxury of having someone else to. Just to, to take our attention, um, but, uh, but no, it's uh, yeah, mate. It's um, you guys you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a really clever, it's a really amazing time to spend that time with kids because yeah, um, you know normally they'd be at school and you'd be working and you know it's it's, it's, a, it's a gift in many aspects. So you yeah, make most of this time it is yeah well thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for agreeing to it
1: Um it's it's you know it's great to have you on as a guest and really i just want to go back to you know i've done a little bit of research on yourself and you've always been into into sport and fitness i believe started off early within football was that right yeah. is it, in your early days and then so what what was the change from football into boxing or was it were you a bit of both
0: really a bit of for a while, but I mean it was I remember it like yesterday it was it was extremely clear for me yeah. the day and I look like I think some, like the mentor was, I was always talented at sport. I was always like, yeah. there's a million things I can't do and I'm not saying I'm perfect, I'm, I'm so far from perfect. There are a million things that I cannot do. For example, in my household, if we put a picture up, my wife puts it up, I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I'm just not one of those folks. So there's loads of things I can't do. However, one of the things I can I, I have been very lucky that I've been able to do in my life, I've always been good at sport. And as a kid, I was, I was, I was talented and very, Athletic and um, like most kids, I started playing football, and I was good. And I was captain of my teams. I was the best player of all my teams, and I started playing, playing for Norwich um, as a kid. And, um, and then I started boxing when I was twelve. And for a couple of years, I ran them side by side. And I wanted to play for England, and I wanted yeah. to box for yeah. England. So you know, when you're a kid, you know, you just I love being out, being active. And then I remember I won the NABC, so the British Championships, that was, uh, would have been two, I don't know what year it was, but I, came in I think it was 2003. Yeah, 2003. My NABCs in Retford and Nottinghamshire against Stuart Reid, the Scottish champion. Really, really tough fight, and the final score is, I think it was 4 2 to me. No or ten four. It was a tough fight, but I won the fight. Yeah. It was a tough fight and I became a British champion. And I was on top of the world, man. I was on top of the world. I felt, I felt like I was king of the world. And my neck was all sore, my face was all marked up. So I'd been in a tough fight, but I was a champ. And
1: that yeah. was on
0: Friday night. And then a Saturday morning, I, had a, I was captain of my county. I was captain of Suffolk. And we had a Suffolk match against Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire. And then um, we had to be in Ipswich at 10 a.m. in the morning. We didn't get back to about three in the morning. So I got back and went to bed, must have been four, half past four. Woke up at seven, got to Ipswich for 10 o'clock. I was knackered. Yeah, and then turned up and we played Field Bedfordshire, we were 3 0 down at half time. And half time, the manager like berated the whole team, but especially me because I was the captain and I wasn't having a very good game, but nobody was having a very good game. Yeah, and he berated me and he swore at me, and I was like 14 years old. And I'm being sworn at by somebody, and we, were, we, we went the goal down because Grant, the left back, was twiddling with his drawstring on his shorts at a corner, and the bloke scored and then headed it in. And I'm thinking, I'm getting shouted at because he wasn't paying attention, and everyone's playing bad. <laughs> I came out, face Facebook funded on me. I came out, and my, my cousin played for the team, he was right back. And my uncle Mark drove us both down, and Uncle Mark, like, I was, I was really angry. And uncle Mark said to me, What's up with you? And I said to him, and I, the, the the coach had a massive go at me. And during the second half, my uncle told the, the the coach that the reason why I'm having a bit of a rough game is because last night I became British champion. Got back through in the morning. I had a boxing match last night, so I'm obviously a bit tired. Second half, uh, final score was 4-1, and I scored our goal. Um, and at that, that moment, I walked back onto the pitch at second half thinking, what am I doing this for? I, the night before, I became... A national champion and I felt I was king yeah. of the world and now I'm being shouted at by a geography teacher who on a weekend yeah. football coach and getting hammered and as I football thought, that, yeah and I'm thinking yeah. and, and how's that, that, that mate how's that, that and I thought boxing gives me more more joy than football ever could um, and another big thing reason why I was always suited to boxing more than football or team sports is because in, in boxing, when win, lose or draw, it's down to you. If you win a yeah. match, if you win a fight, it's because you're good. If you lost to the fight, then you've got to go back to the draw board. You've got to learn and got better. You can be in a football team, be the best player on the pitch. Messi doesn't win every game. Ronaldo no. they lose games. Not because they're not the best player on the pitch, it's because the left back fluffs up or the goalkeeper's having a bad day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's down to you and, and that that suits me and my mindset better, I think, being an individual um, sportsman
1: and how did that mindset come about because you're right boxing's an individual sport it's 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 you know win loser draw in, in the ring there's nobody else to blame but yourself if it doesn't go your way or the training you put in how does that mindset come about at a young age when, when you train I
0: don't know mate I don't know I, I, I don't know I can't maybe my upbringing I don't know I've always been, I've always been determined to be successful um, when I was a kid I always had to be the cleverest in my class Always had to be a member of being the kid in maths. A uh, little funny story. I mean it's not even funny because you didn't even know the people, but I find it really funny. So I was so competitive when I was little. So always, I always I am now, although now like I'm not one I remember reading Roy Keane's book years ago and Roy Keane was like <laughs> I remember something vaguely like he had to win every game. Like, even if he was playing like, Monopoly with his kids, he had to win. I'm like, that's just sad, mate. Like, like what are you lacking yeah. in your life to need to beat a six year old in Monopoly? Like, mate, come on. I'm not like that. If I feel passionate about something, be it boxing, being something I, I'm invested in, I want to win more than anything. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll die and lose. Um, so. I remember, well, I was like, oh yeah, so I remember being a kid at school and I um, was the same, I was really competitive and I was, I was quite clever at school. And I remember the maths. <laughs> we had to do, I remember the old exercise books, you could put next one, next one, yeah. and then just like, that's really lazy teaching and thinking about it. Just give you an exercise book and just put it out. It is, and then crack on. Button. And then you just have to crack on yourself because they're yeah. not bothered about next, teaching you. Yeah, yeah, the next one, the next one. And I was. I remember, Sam, oh, this is so bad. Sam Holloway, I'm sorry about this. So Sam Holloway, he was in my class. He was a really clever kid. He was a bit of a nerd, but really clever. And I was like clever, but I was a bit naughty and I was messing around. So I'd be messing around. And whilst I was messing around, Sam Holloway overtaking overtaken me. He was on like exercise book eight. And I was on book six. It's just so bad. So, rather than, so I had to win. I have to be the cleverest kid. It's just so bad. So there's, there's me thinking I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a master criminal genius. It was so Obviously, it's me. So, one person had to go around the class and pick up the exercise books and put them in the, in, the, in the maths book. Maybe you do science or the next lesson. I didn't miss, I missed after it. I've seen someone where go, Miss, I finished, next book. I thought, oh, bastard. So, I've gone round and set the books up, <laughs> I've got the books, and then I'll, I'll put them in the math thing, I'll put my Sam Holloway's book, and i have hit it, I'll throw it somewhere underneath the cupboard. So, the next day, we had maths, Terrible. he spent half the lesson looking for his maths book, there's me, <laughs> blitzing ahead of him, slightly his maths book, I'm ahead of him and I'm winning again. That's really bad, I wouldn't recommend <laughs> doing that. Yeah. But, point, point of making is, I have no clue what I was going to tell that story, by the way. But the point of making is, from being a young age, I was well competitive, and I wanted to yeah. all the time. I wanted to be the best. Where that came from, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's probably something. But how do you hone that? Like you know, because I think
1: I see it in my older son. He's very competitive. Wants to win everything. Wants to do something better than one of his friends or something like that. He he does football. He's into boxing a little bit. He does. He goes to the training. Um, how do you kind of then hone that into into your sport into you know mastering your craft if you like and and how, what advice someone just asked a question there in the feed what advice would you give to someone wanting to follow
0: down the same path as you did in the boxing um so i'll you the first question um how do you going to channel that into something you care about i was always really competitive with myself so for example i remember i started boxing when i was 12 and i was quite a big lad i didn't learn that much i was always quite a big lad. i thought i was heavyweight because I. I was big until I was 15. And at 15, I, ne- I never got any bigger. Mm. So um, I remember when I was 12, I used to spar the bloke. And I sparred a bloke called Danny Morse, and he was a policeman. He was 29, and my, you know, I'd been, I was 12. And he battered me. And then after he probably beat me up, right? He thought I was like 15 or 16, thought I was older than I was. And then when the coach told him I was 12, he felt really bad, and apologized to me because he beat me up. Um, and then at that stage saying that. The next, like he, the next time you sparred, he knew I was twelve, and he still give it to me. He's still it on me. But um, and I think um, and and and, and my, I could have done one or two things. Then and I could have went, "Oh, this ain't for me." Because yeah. I don't care who you are. Like it's not nice getting beaten up. By a no. man when you're a boy, that's not nice. But I just thought, now nah, next time we spar, he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that to me again. And the next time, he did do that. He did beat me up. So the next time, going to be more. But eventually, those beatings stopped, and eventually, yeah. I got on top of him. And then, yeah. thirteen-year-old. <laughs> that's the point. I was well competitive with myself, and and then when I got a bit older, it stopped being about being better than everybody else in the gym because I was the best person in the gym. It became being, how do I, I was competitive with myself. Like how do I get better? Like how do I improve and get better? Yeah. So if, on the run, if I did one in 15 minutes, then the next time I'll do it in 14 minutes and a half. And yeah. if I did 10 press ups in, in X amount of time, I want to do 12 press ups. So I'll just push myself and try to get better. And, um, and nobody, like no, I didn't know I was doing it. Like no one, I didn't make it because when you're a kid you're not even thinking about these things and nobody kind of taught me that it's just I wanted to be better and I, I, I was doing it unconsciously but I was um, yeah trying to improve each day, and eventually you get to a level where you think wow I've actually come on in, in such a short space of time I could actually do this and and how people get started it's not like everyone isn't going to become and an Olympian or win a medal or turn four yeah. people aren't because people have different levels of skill and you can get better and you can work really hard, of course you can, but everyone's not got the same level of ability. So I'd always just say people, like, just enjoy what you're doing, just enjoy it because boxing is too hard of a sport to do if you don't enjoy it because it hurts to get punched in the head, so punch on the body. So just enjoy what you do and hopefully you'll make it to the top. And if you don't make it to the top, then at least you've spent Years of your life doing something that you enjoy doing, anyway. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think it is—the
1: difference from from the people who don't make it to the people who do make it to the top? So, so what was the difference between maybe the lads who you were fighting at the time and coming up and and, and working
0: with? What, what did you have that they didn't? Uh, desire. I remember. Um, When I started, mate, I'm throwing some old names. I'm putting some old names up the hat today. We've had Sam Holloway, now I'm going to say Aaron Cooper. So I started boxing when I was 12. Aaron Cooper was my mate from year seven at school, and he boxed with me. And uh, he'd been going a bit longer than me, so he was really good. So he'd spar at the beginning, and then because he was more experienced than me, he'd he'd beat me up. And I'd I'd always bike past his house, knock on his door, and go training. And I'd knock on his door. And this is before, like, type phones and stuff. So I wouldn't... I know, I'd knock on the door, are you training today? say? And he'd go, yeah, and come. Or would go... No. And yeah. uh, it was always yes at first, the training got harder, and sparring got harder. Yeah. And then it'd be oh, the odd no, then the odd no. Got to like 14, 15, and then like you start liking girls or going to the park, whatever. And there's always a no. Until eventually, I never knocked on him anymore because he, he just quit. So yeah. I guess it's just desire, really. Um, I, w- I wanted it. I know I wanted more of it. Now, I don't know what Aaron does now. I'm sure he lives a decent life. I think he's married and we've got a decent old yeah, job. Yeah. I wanted more than that. Like I wanted more than just a decent job. I wanted to be somebody and be successful and be somebody that people like paid money to go and watch and to cheer on. So, yeah. and I knew you got that by working up and there's no sacrifice in life. There's no there's no easy way to get in something in life. You've got to work hard and be clever, and, be smart, work And, on. you know,
1: probably yourself know this more than ever. You've, you've had a fair few setbacks over the years and, and different things. And I suppose that mindset has it taken you through these setbacks, you know, from your yeah. from your boxing career and, and 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 things like that? So, how how have you kind of adapted to that? Because you know, probably one of your big setbacks was the fractured eye socket, wasn't it? That was that ended the career, yeah, yeah. So that that ended your career. How did you how did you kind
0: of come to terms with that? Yeah, I mean, it's that's quite a big that's that's quite, quite a deep conversation. Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think that having that mindset that was developed in me from a kid has, has definitely brought me through that. That was a bad one. The eye was real bad. And I, put, I put me in. a I was in a bad place in my life because, eighteen years I wanted to be a boxer. I gave my all to the sport. Like my, my all. I gave it everything, I sacrificed so much. I had the ability, I had the talent, I had everything required to get to the very top, and then an injury ended it. And it wasn't my fault, and then the surgery went wrong, and then it's a knock-on event I had no control over. And that's hard because, um, as I mentioned, I did everything right at my end, and unfortunately, i got an injury. It got misdiagnosed, when the a long surgery, was, was, was administered, yeah. and then my career was over. So, I mean, I, I, I had other setbacks prior to that, other injuries, and three shoulder dislocations, and four operations on my Achilles, and spent long times out of the ring. And my, that determination always kind of got me back. And unfortunately, the eye injury, no amount of determination would get me back from that, because unfortunately, in boxing, you need eyes to be able to see. Yeah, yeah, to see what's common. So, How to get me through it? Yeah, it's a mindset thing, isn't it? Like I I, I refuse to let life dictate to me how I would live my life and how... I refuse to let life dictate to me, well, you can't box now. Now you've got to go and be a regular person, have a regular job. And I'm I'm not taking anything away from anybody else. I didn't want that. And I've worked too hard in my life and I've already overcome so much. To, to do that. I didn't want that. And I thought, I, I don't want, life isn't going to tell me how I'm going to live my life, and what I'm going to have. So I picked myself back up and I worked hard for the for the next thing. And that's what I've always, that's what I've always done, tried to make the best of any situation. As you mentioned the top of this phone call, I mean, you know, making the best out of coronavirus, making the most out of being at home. Um, You know, you get you, you get dull cards in your life, you can't kind of control the cards. You've got to make the best hand with those cards, and that's what we're working yeah. on. How you, I, there was a question came in um, from a guy called
1: Paul Archer, who used to be a boxer, and one of the things he said was, um, how did you deal with the retirement, which obviously we're discussing, but did you ever then, how did you find the buzz in something else? Because obviously, you know, you're used to being in the ring, the cheers, the wins, the victories, and then obviously you then need to channel that mindset into something else and then to still get the same buzz And obviously, you talked about their enjoyment, isn't it? You need to enjoy something else. So, how did you then find a, a new path onto
0: something else? Well, um, so I retired last year, and I was 30 years old, when my last fight I was 27. So, I spent three years, I had nine operations on my eyes trying to get back in the ring. Um, and I, I, I was 30 years old, still, still a young man, still a lot, a lot yeah. left to have. I know the passion and drive still left to give. And I thought, what do I, what do I love? And my entire life had always been boxing. Like, I, it was the only ever boxing for me, so I didn't really have many other loves outside of it because it's so all consuming. However, one thing I always did love was professional wrestling. Like, since I was a kid, I loved wrestling, I loved that, and I, I still watch it to this day, um, up until last year. I thought, I love wrestling, I actually really enjoy it, I love how it's like, I love how I love how athletic it is, I love how, I love the psychology behind wrestling, I love how, um, how demanding it is, I love how theatrical it is, like, and let's say my career, let's say my career would have went the way I wanted it to go in my boxing career, I would have boxed until I was, say, 36 been the world champ and retired and had, like loads of money in the bank. That's all went good. But again, 36 years old, you're still a young man. Yeah, you are. Still got a lot of life left to live. And I always wanted, even then, I always wanted to, the next chapter of my life, I always wanted to kind of, like go into TV or movies or do a bit of acting. Um, I've always really enjoyed this in school and I thought that was like the, my next career after boxing. Like, I did some yeah. acting. Lovely learning and training and getting to a decent level. And then, but I never became world champion boxer as a boxer, as, as a as a boxer, and I got my career cut short many years earlier. And I've got all this athletic drive left to, to, to give and spill because I've worked really hard my entire life to be athletically very fit and healthy. And you can act until you're 110 years old. You can't do wrestling for you know when you're 100 because you've got to be young, fit, and healthy, and athletic. Yeah. So I thought, what what wrestling is going to give me is. Is the uh, the sport combat sport which I've always loved, to have loved, and it's in the really lame terms, it's half sport and it's half acting. Wrestling, yeah, sport. it is, yeah. And you, you merge them together You have professional wrestling Which is an amazing industry and I just thought This will give me This this will tick so many boxing Boxes for me It will yeah. give me that, that combat The 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 competitiveness from, from a real From boxing Which boxing gave me And also It will Open my eyes up to The world of entertainment Because wrestling is entertainment Yeah and This this is the perfect like, Step on time for me For hopefully one day I'll go into acting In 10-15 years time Yeah So, so yeah Basically When, when one when when I lost my career which you know, I, I can't even like, I could be talking to you for half an hour and I still couldn't really, truly really, uh, portray how crestfallen, and how, how hard work I was when my career ended um, but I thought oh, if I sit and sulk and whinge about it for the rest of my life I'm not going to get the big house I'm not going to get the big yeah, yeah. house all the things I wanted in my life, I'm not going to get it by vengeance. By so, I had to, as hard as it was, I was going to get up and dust myself off and, and crack on and I found a new dream. Well, I've always dreamt of being professional wrestler since I was a kid because yes. I've always been a fan of it and I thought I'm going to make this dream come true and I worked hard and I, I carved this opportunity for myself and now, again, live and now I've now got a second chance at a childhood dream, which... You know, without being too disrespectful for people, like most people don't even live out one dream. No, they don't. They don't. Because life happens. And my first dream in life is to to go to the Games, represent my country, and I won a medal, which is a bonus. And the next dream, I, and another dream I had as a kid, is to live out, be a professional wrestler. So I'm generally living out two dreams when most guys don't live out one and there's been loads of setbacks in that there's been loads of hardship in that but you know cut all the crap away that's essentially what I'm doing living out a second child of really a dream because a quote I love um, where they say everything happens for
1: us and not to us mm. where if you believe everything's happening to you you will never move forward where yeah. all of these setbacks have made you who you are today and put you where you, you're going now in terms of the wrestling career so yes and the heartache will follow there's you know there's no doubt about that and same with my setbacks in, in businesses that I've had in the past but I know that's put me where I am today in a good position so I'm kind of thankful for them now so it's always a case where you can look back what what, what does wrestling how does wrestling push you out your comfort zone because boxing again is is, is a combat sport and, and, and wrestling's got to come up but wrestling's more more of a show, isn't it? More of entertainment, <laughs> more of that showmanship, that personality. So has that took you out of your comfort zone to, to learn something new in terms of the showmanship?
0: Um, no, nah, um, I, I think I'd answer this because I'm to say the wrong thing. <laughs> I mean, if, if, you, if you knew me from being a kid, I've always been a showman. I've yeah. always been a showman. And, and, and weirdly enough... <sighs> I never, I talked to somebody last night on, on an Instagram live and I, I went quite deep into this. Boxing, I was never able to kind of show my true personality in boxing because yeah. of the injuries I had. And it's just like, um, so I was sponsored, as a boxer, I was sponsored by Nike. I was sponsored by the first boxer ever in history to have, be a long term deal with Nike. I was sponsored by Max Muscle, uh, Subway, Coca Cola. And I, I had some, high, some, some real high brand um, sponsors. Because so I had so many injuries in boxing. I didn't box much in my personal career, and in boxing you only get paid when you fight. And so I wasn't fighting. Yeah. I wasn't earning money. So my sponsorship deals like kept me paying my mortgage. Like yeah. without them, I'd have been I'd have been out of my ass. Um, and when you are representing a brand, you got to represent yourself. You got. To be a good I always want to be a good representative like I want to be like yeah. be proud of me so i got to be very like mindful of what I said and how I acted like on social media and stuff because I didn't want to piss off Mikey because yeah. I needed the money otherwise I was out i lost my house yeah yeah so I couldn't really be I couldn't I'm, I was more of a I was more of a colorful character uh, I'm more of a colorful captain when I got the show in, in, in yeah. boxing does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so you're almost so, kind of restricted of who you want to be because yeah.
0: you're, you're loyal to a brand that is obviously paying your mortgage. Yeah, yeah. and if and, and if you're Conor McGregor, if you're Mayweather, the very, 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 very top of your game, you can do what you want, be what you want, say want, Because you know what, you earn hundred million pounds a fight, so you don't need ten grand a year from from an endorsement deal. Because yeah. you, can, you can be what. You want. I never got to that level, and I thought I would, and I, and I should have. But whatever. Level. So so my career kind of came and went and I and I was me. I wasn't not being I wasn't being false, I wasn't being I wasn't being snide. I was being me, I was being authentic, I was just being a more barbed like there was times when I was building up for fights and I would like to have been a bit more colourful, a bit more animated, because so I am quite animated anyway, and been a bit funny or a bit controversial, but I thought I yeah. can't do that because so I didn't. Um and that's actually how you that's how you gain fans by being yourself and being authentic. Different isn't it? How- it's it's, it's-
1: yeah, it's, being somebody different, being somebody they they can relate to, and I suppose somebody that they can have the
0: laugh with as well. Don't take yeah, themselves too it. seriously, and punch you it. know that's what fans like, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But, um, so, the, so the wrestling thing. So about the wrestling thing. Like wrestling will give. Wrestling will now give me the, the platform to be the showman that I always was. Oh, yeah, but well, I never well, could, well, could well, as a boxer. So that hasn't been hard for me to learn. Uh, the moves, the holds, I've been of my entire life. But the learning of wrestling moves and the holds and submissions, and that, that's been so hard. I mean, and. I've come from the hardest game in the world, boxing, really, really physical. I mean, like, there's nothing more honest than getting punched in the face. Into wrestling, and again, I've been a fan forever, so I kind of know the industry. I genuinely thought (laughs) it wouldn't hurt as much as it does. I mean a proper yeah.
1: horse, man proper well, I've yeah. just I've just actually read Tyson Fury's book and the, the remaining chapters of the book he talks about his, his his stint in the WWE and he said the training is brutal he said he didn't realise what these guys go through in terms of like I think he was based somewhere then he was on a flight the next morning to somewhere else then back in then a flight somewhere else he says and the rigorous training where you're thrown about smacked off the mats and stuff like that the game and the way of like falling against the ropes he says it really takes you tall to- it's tall on the body so mm-hmm. that's why i was because obviously chat me yourself is like is it more physical than boxing is the training
0: more brutal than you would do in the? Boxing? um no it's a tough one it's a real tough one. it's very it's different it's like it's like an apple and a pear both are great but they're different both no It's just really it's a tough one because in boxing, I was very unlucky because I, I had lots of injuries, but generally, like generally in boxing, generally in boxing, you're gonna get a broken hand, a wonky nose, a sore jaw, maybe a fractured eye socket, as I've had, you're yeah, gonna yeah. Get maybe a broken rib, which I've had. You're gonna get general boxing injuries, right? And you know that, you go into that knowing that, and you go into that knowing that that guy is trying to knock you spark out. So you're gonna get stuff. Wrestling is like, it's so weird because wrestling, anything can happen. You can break your finger, you can dislocate your shoulder, you can break your neck, you can become paralyzed, you can fracture your eyes. There's so many more things can go wrong in wrestling because there's so many more movement elements. Um, You can, every single time you take a bump, you land flat on your back. If you, tuck, if you don't tuck your chin, it's back out of the canvas, you, you, you're knocked half you're half loopy for the next minute. Cause you, you know. <laughs> There's so much stuff you've got to learn. And also, you're in the ring, you put your your, your opponent. And you it's weird because you wanna hurt him, but you don't want to hurt him. It's just the weirdest. It's the weirdest <laughs> industry in the world. It's really, really odd. You've got to look after your opponent, mate. You've got to look after your opponent because you know and you got to look after it because it's just it's the rule you've got to look after your opponent, um, but make you no know, make a real fight as well. So it's just it's it's just really hard to say. Boxing's hard, boxing's probably harder just because I've done it for longer and also I did it at an elite level and I'm still learning the yeah. rest The reason why I think it's harder is because you're doing all the hard training and you're making weight whilst you're doing it, like you're losing weight. Uh, the guy yeah. used to box at 11 stone 6, uh, 72 That's kilos. Awesome. I used to walk around at 88, 80, 80, 80, 80, 85 kilos. So, yeah. every time I was in a fight, I'd lose two stone. So, you're not just training hard for the fight. You're training hard for the fight. You're taking hardly any calories on. So, you're tired all the time. You're dehydrated. You know, you yeah. that that makes it, that's probably the deciding factor. Is yeah, so that you're doing all the training, whereas now I'm eating everything trying to put some size up. It's easier. To, it's easier to train hard when you have got full of energy. Um, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to train hard when you're when you're knackered already. Yeah. You are. So boxing is harder. But listen, it's just, it's it's a pick up. you know both sports are extremely physical and very demanding. Um, yeah.
1: And. Obviously, you're right. You, you hit, you know, the peak in boxing. What would you say what was your biggest peak in boxing? Would you say it was
0: 2012? Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Um, 2012 was difficult for me because my mum was in hospital at the time. She had something. I was just success. going to come on to that because you
1: know, for people yeah. who don't know that, and for the podcast, you had a bit of a tough time on the run
0: up to the Olympics, didn't you? You you didn't yeah, train for like four or five weeks, did you? Yeah. So 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 Olympics for me, it's just really weird. It was. It was in many aspects the best time of my life because it's given me this and given me like the life I had I've had. Yeah. But personally, it was the worst time of my life. My mum, who's my hero, um, she suffered a brain aneurysm out of blue, from nowhere, six weeks before the Olympic Games. Um, yeah, and, and and we thought she was going to die, and she was in a coma at like, the whole Olympics, and her her being alive was touching go daily, touching goals like yeah didn't look, didn't look, we knew she, we thought she'd survive, um, mid early September. Uh, yeah, And it's, so she had it in June. So it's like three months has gone by. And then the doctor was like, I think she's going to live. And then the day they had, that the, the week she came out of hospital, she got an embolism on her lung, had to get rushed back to hospital, hospital and was there for a few weeks. So it was horrible. I didn't do a thing. I didn't train for four weeks. Um, I lost weight. I was sick with worry. Um, I had one sparring session before I, Before I went to London, I spotted Fred Evans, who won a silver in London. I threw a jab. The the first punch I threw in a month, I threw a jab. He slipped out, threw a body shot, and broke my rib. I've now got. I had a dislocated shoulder, which, is, which was healing, which was, uh, I was rehabbing. I had the Achilles tendons, which were on the verge of rupturing, which I needed four surgeries on yeah. in my pro career to fix. They were in a bad way. I had a broken rib, and um, and I thought my arm was going to die. I'm never going to see her again. And I had to go to London. I all that all that duress, physical and mental, and – and, and fight, you know, and it was horrible, horrible, man. So yeah, like that's probably what I was best known for. And you know, I beat the Ukrainian in my second fight and nobody thought I was gonna beat him. He was the world champion, he was unbelievable. And I yeah. don't even beat him. And that that moment, that single solitary moment of winning that fight, it was a really, really tough fight. And probably the best moment of my career. Um, but yeah, I look back on the Olympics with a lot of bitterness, and, not bitterness is the wrong word, I was bitter for a long time, a lot of sadness, um, yeah, yeah, because I didn't yeah. achieve the gold medal, which I should have won, I was good enough to win the gold medal and I, I, I deserved it more than other guys deserved theirs and I didn't get it, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, as a boxer, probably was beating Ukrainian in the Olympics, Um yeah, that was probably the, the highlight of my amateur boxing career.
1: When people hear that story, though, and hear what you went through on the run-up to the Olympics and not training and, you know, not sparring, not doing anything, to achieve what you've achieved, which is, you know, like you said at the start, some boxers will never, ever achieve that in their career. It's is massive, really. It's, it's yeah, no, that's think It's a testament. It's a testament to how strong your mind is, and even just what you've you've gone through in your career, and then what you, you've picked yourself back up and you are going again. It's a testament to just how strong of a person you
0: really are. But, uh, cheers, man. Uh, thank you. Appreciate that. I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm still I'm still upset I didn't win the gold medal because I, I, I was good enough to. Uh, but again, that's, I think that's just my mindset. Like I said, I always wanted to be the best, and all those years of training when I was 12 and traveling the world and boxing, it was all to win a gold medal in the game, so I didn't do it. Uh, in spite of, and I, I can look back, I'm, it's been eight years now, so there's been enough time removed so I can look back now and go, do you know what? Under the circumstances, like, like under the circumstances that I was in, like even just attending was a big thing, uh, let alone winning that's a medal. The- so yeah, I mean, I, I do appreciate that. But uh, one day I'll look back and I'll be, I'll be really proud of my medal. I'm sure I will. But the moment, I so always, it's just, yeah. I always
1: share the thought of. There's always things I look back in my career thinking I wish that had worked out. I wish I'd done that. But I'm always thankful that sometimes I look at my life and I think we're happy. I've got two healthy kids. You know, good businesses. And you know, some people could only dream of where we are in terms of where our lives are. So you, you're already living somebody else's dream life. So for all of the setbacks you've had, you've still had an amazing career and, and still having an amazing career and an inspiration. I, I know that you you do the the workouts live kind of on the morning uh, on Instagram. What what came about, why did you come about that? Because again, they're inspiring people, so you are inspiring people every day. Oh mate, too kind, too kind. We've got
0: to talk more, you make me feel good about myself. <laughs> 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 nah, cheers mate, is, um, When I was injured with my eye, I spent three years trying to get back in the boxing ring and I my eye. And I was in a real bad way i was I was depressed I was in a real real bad way during that time because, as I said, the whole thing the the thing I wanted more than anything was 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 getting taken away from me through no fault of my own and i sold, so i sulked and I drank beer and a you know, for breakfast and went to bed at three in the morning. I was in a real bad way. And then I started exercising and I used, and I'd never exercise, I'd always trained before, for boxing. So I'd never really trained before just for the hell of it, you know, and and I had no motivation to do anything because my crew was getting snatched from me, as I said. And then I started exercising in the, in the morning and I noticed that when I was working out in the morning, I felt a bit better, a little bit better. Yeah. And then I made exercise, but then when I didn't do it, I'd feel worse sure there's something in this, then I'll do a little bit more. Only little bits, little five minutes here, ten minutes there. And I was doing little bits and doing little bits, and I was feeling better. Then, then I made exercise a, a habit. I'm making it like a habit for me, you know, to feel good about myself. And, and then I thought, there's some, definitely something in this. And then I started prescribing some sessions for different people, my wife and my family, and I really enjoying it. And I thought, there's definitely something to exercise and mental health and, and obviously physical yeah. health. And I and I basically I created an app. I created a seven minute cardio, my seven minute carrot fit app, which is basically a boxing themed seven minute a series of seven minute workouts. Um do the, the first thing in the morning, you wake up, you exercise, you feel good. You punch all that stress out of your life, all the animosity, all the all the anger. Wake up and I'm doing it every single morning, uh, most mornings at ten AM. I might change them now to eight thirty because people are going back to work now and yeah. yeah. ten AM, yeah, people are back at work, and I'm doing as much. I might change them to eight thirty, but um, uh, yeah, I'm doing them, you know most mornings. i do doing them with people as well, and have a chat about their relationship to exercise, and the reason why seven minutes. I've I've created a seven minute work program. Where you get as much out of my seven minute workout if you push yourself really hard as you would do going doing a fifty minute steady stay on a treadmill yeah. or a cross trainer or whatever. So you get a lot out of just seven minutes. So I'm doing that because um, I. I believe I I know I've had the benefits from exercise my entire life, but particularly mentally when I was in that down period. And I want other people to have the benefits of exercise and not everyone can spend an hour and a half at the gym three nights a week. No, I know. They've got family, they've got got kids. But I personally believe everybody Can find seven minutes in the morning, 420 seconds in the morning to wake up and have and, and do some, do one of my workouts and feel good knowing that they've had, they've got the workout in early doors, you know so um, yeah that's, that's why I've done that man I've been, and, and, and I think it's
1: brilliant time, been, I do think it's brilliant I think it's a, a testament because um, since lockdown began every morning I set me alarm and I wake up on me alarm 6.30 every morning I get up I train where I've got a bike set up in the garage so I do some biking or I do some hit sessions um, and every morning I train because my wife always says why do you get up you don't need to get up early you know I mean work calls kind of start at 10 o'clock in the morning I says if I don't get up I'm creating a routine for myself I get up I train I feel better for that routine rather than waking up when I want you know 10 11 o'clock in the morning like And then you start to get up, you feel lethargic, you don't feel mentally strong and prepared for the day where I think if you set your alarm, you get out of bed, you have a bit of a routine and a bit of a plan. When you've achieved that plan, they're little successes that you take throughout the day. So you're like, I feel better about myself. I've worked out, I feel better about myself. I've actually got up when I say I'm going to get up. I've set my alarm, I've got up my alarm and... I think little things like that, and you're right, them seven minutes where people join in on the workout, they will 100% feel better than, for doing it than, than not doing it.
0: Yeah, 100%. Oh, mm-hmm. no, that's great. That's routine, I think. How you get through any any difficult uh, – that's what I was saying when I was going through my bad bad spell. How you get through any difficult situation is through the routine and knowing every day you've got something to do there. At 12 o'clock, I'll do this. At 4 p.m., I'll do this. And 100%, yeah. man, I really – That's that's how – all successful people. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts or read books or whatever. Like, it's not a secret. If you're successful, ninety-nine percent of them, percent of them, do the same thing. Like, yeah, if they, they 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 create positive habits. They make they make good decisions at the right time, and they make a series of these positive decisions, and then, and long and behold, after years of doing that and working your ass off, you become successful. I mean, it's. Yeah. it's a, and that's my man. When you work and you exercise, and um, I've, I've done a lot of research into it, you, you release, we call them happy hormones, you release happy hormones in your brain. Serotonin, which is found in uh, antidepressants, like naturally, yes. makes you feel good. But whereas if you take an antidepressant, you get short of serotonin in your brain, and you feel good. But because it's an artificial foreign substance in your mouth, when you get it in your body, you feel good, and then it drops off and you feel. Yeah, exercise, you do it naturally, it's a natural creation in your body, in your brain, you feel good, you feel good for longer, and it's natural. Um, you know, dopamine, the the, the addictive drug, which you people, they bet on the roulette wheel, and they feel that buzz, they feel alive, that's dopamine, and you get, like a, like a little shot of the dopamine in your brain, um, when you get into that feeling. That gets released in your brain when you work out, when you exercise, people have runners high, that's dopamine being released in their body, making them feel good, so, Mentally, there's loads of positive to it. Physically, we under the, the benefits physically of working out. You feel healthier, you are healthier, your heart, and lungs are stronger, you live longer. Um, yeah, so load of benefits for working out. I think it's <laughs> important to work in the morning, and it's also nice to wake up and get it done first thing in the morning for a couple of reasons. One is done, it's not like nagging in the back of your mind. Or, oh, tonight I'll go and do whatever. And secondly, yeah. like, like even as an athlete, I think like this, like, you wake up in the morning and you work out, you work hard for seven minutes, ten, half an hour, whatever you do, you work hard. At 10 a.m., when you have your cup of tea and you're at work and the tea lady comes around and offers you a biscuit, you're less inclined to have it because you're like, I don't know what I don't want bit. be, I've just i worked hard on my body. Yeah, yeah, So um, yes. if you go and wash if you if you spend half an hour washing your car and you've washed your car, you're not gonna go and drive around the muddy field because no, you're you in your car. Because if you haven't done that and your car's a bit messy anyway and it's whatever, you're more inclined to go and razz it around because yeah. it's already in a bit of a state, you know. So yeah, there's loads of um my things personally, early in the morning is my is the best one of the day. Wake up, get your shit done, perfect.
1: And it sets you up. And you talk about
0: mindset and some kind of things there. And
1: but you mentioned podcasting because I I listen to a lot of podcasts and I I think that's great for self development. I hear a lot of positive stories, successful people, mindset. What kind of what podcasts
0: kind of inspire you? Um, do you know what I don't I listen to like clips on YouTube really more than podcasts. like right. I will rarely like when I'm driving um, I'll put a podcast in or, or that's not that's a lie like I'll rarely listen to a whole podcast but so what I normally do is I'll go on YouTube and obviously now YouTube kind of like saves or tells you what you're going to like like you like, yeah, yeah. like that Cause you watch this, you're like that. And yep. like, I'll, I'll get clips and snippets from different podcasts, just given to me by YouTube, and I'll watch them. So I'll really watch like a full pod, listen to a full podcast because it's, I just, I just, I don't really. I, I hate clips, snippets, snippets here and who, then. Who are you following on them snip Who are you following on them clips? Then where you're taking kind of the inspiration from on the YouTube? And there's a few Motivation speaks that I really like. A guy called Inky e. Johnson. Uh, yep. you get, he's got a really good story. Simless. Similar to mine to a degree. Um, he was an elite um, uh, American football player, or uh, American football player um, yeah. at college level. And he suffered a bad injury, and he couldn't do it anymore. And he's made an amazing life for himself doing something else. Um, it's what I'm trying to do. Trying to emulate. Yeah, that. He does. He's, he's, a, big, he's like, a big motivational speaker in America. Him, hmm. in, yeah, big, big yeah. And then like him, there's a lot of him There's loads out there. I and mean, I don't really. I don't really keep track of my name, but Inky Johnson's one of my favourites, uh, Eric Thomas is one of my favourites, um, I will you to Tony Robbins, you've got loads, so much good stuff out there, yeah. So little snippets here and there and stuff, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, people I get really. Somebody asked as well, if
1: so if you go and have children, would you encourage your children
0: to go down the same path as you in the boxing and then through? Um Martha McCracken has just joined. Martha McCracken oh, is the okay. daughter of my old uh GB uh, boxing coach. Hi Martha. Hope you're good. <laughs> um yeah. would I encourage people to my kids uh, do you know what the I, mean, I haven't got kids so it's hard to say because so I haven't got kids yet um, obviously I just want to be happy and healthy um, boxing's really hard I would uh, boxing's really hard I'd probably if I'm honest try to deter them from boxing because I know how hard it is and how yeah. tough it is and it's a brutal game and not just um, the training and the fighting but even like the business side of things is like one you know, minute you're on top of the world if you're doing really well and then you might lose a fight and no one cares about you so that's what it seems like anyway so i might want to kind of protect them from that um so i don't know i mean as long as they're happy and healthy and, and successful and whatever they, whatever they want them to do i'd want them to do it with as much the same passion i did boxing with so if they're a dancer cool if you're a dancer Go and dance hard, dance to your best, and make sure you bring out every ounce of talent yeah. that you had. And that's—I think I've done that. I think there's guys more talented than me, there's guys that punch harder than me or are faster than me. But I think one of my best chances is I had undoubted talent and ability. But what I made sure I did, I wrung every inch of talent out of myself. Um, and yeah. I really maximised my what I was what I was given, you know.
1: Great, great. Um, and one question I always ask on, on the podcast if you could give your
0: 17, 18 year old self some advice, what advice would you give? Yeah, I always say this when I give an example. I've been like, the best bit of advice, if I, could, yeah, if I could tell myself what to do again, I'd say enjoy the moments along the way because. because and I do, i'll i do a bit i do a bit of motivational speaking now'll go to football clubs I'll go to schools and say and then talk about my story and yes. and i didn't appreciate my story i didn't appreciate my journey as much as I should have done along the way yeah quick quick example um uh, my pro debut was the highlight of my boxing career, my pro boxing career, my pro debut. Yeah. And I boxed up in Sheffield in front of 10,000 people and all my family and friends came and hundreds of people came up from where I lived to come and support me. And then my team, they organized like a, an area in a, in a bar that night. And I was boxing three weeks later in New York, Atlantic City. I didn't want to go. I just knocked the guy out on round two, boxed really, really well. Everyone was like, i really happy. And I didn't want to go because I was focused on boxing three weeks later. And my missus said to me, I'll just go, you haven't got a drink, just turn up and show your face and smile. And they've all traveled a long way and spent a lot of money to come and see you, have a drink with them and just celebrate. And I didn't want to. And I was so focused on becoming world champ. And my mindset was, when I'm world champ, I can then, Relax a bit, and I can then enjoy myself. But until I get there, like I'm not going to enjoy anything. Yeah. And uh, so I went, and it was rubbish. I went. I didn't want to be there. I had a face on me like a smacked ass. It was just, it was just rubbish. And then uh, me and Miss had a bit of an argument about it because she was like, "Why? why totally, she was totally in the right. Why yeah. being, why being born for blah And then, um, anyway. I and then I boxed a few weeks later in New York, I got, got food poisoning, I boxed terribly I won, but boxed terribly, I broke my hand, it was just rubbish. And then from then on, every time I boxed, something bad happened. I went in with a bad injury, I oh. came out with a worse injury, and it was rubbish. And that was the highlight of my career. And I didn't appreciate it. And my career ended. And I'm like I mean, yeah. Like the best night of my life. I didn't even, I didn't even appreciate. So I wish it's like and the, the analogy, old analogy, is everyone uses this one. It's like if you like people climb Everest and they're so frozen on they climbing Everest. They get to the top of Everest, they look around, and the view's a bit rubbish at the top of Everest because I, mean, I haven't been, but from what I gather, it's like yeah. it's all cloudy and can't really see much because you're so high up in amongst the clouds and it's a bit yeah. shit. When really, what people should do is climb Everest and like every like regular in the stop. Turn around, have a look, breathe in and enjoy the view on the yeah, way up. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not as committed to kinda of getting to the top. You've only turned around when you work hard. And if you've done that, you've stopped four, five, six, ten times along the way, you've got every view from every like part up like at wrist like that. get to the top. You then look at it, you then have that achievement of knowing you've done it and got the memories along the way. I didn't fully appreciate the memories along the way. And that's not just a, a boxing thing, that's a lot. People were so busy on. That you know, is so, of One of the biggest things
1: I, I've always said about my career is I've never ever celebrated the successes. I've always moved on and thought, right, we've got here. Now what's next? And me and my business partner are exactly the same. We always move on to what's next. Rather than savoring the moment of, of what we 've achieved, and that is so many people in business so when you 're going around doing your your motivational talks and, and and different things, you need to get that installed in the people because they need to celebrate the wins, the little successes, and you know put some targets in and, and, and some achievements in when you get there and what you 're going to do to celebrate it because you're right, if you 're right yeah you haven 't celebrated some of the bigger things you know maybe you
0: need to go back and have a big celebration after lockdown and celebrate them now. That sounds good to me. Man, you're right, man, and, and, and there's, 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 there's definitely something in that, there's definitely something in when you achieve something great, what's next? Great, man. that keeps you hungry, it keeps you keep, keeps you dry, it keeps your passion there, but, doesn't mean you can't just stop and go for one night, two months will oh yeah, well done. And do you know what? We did that, let's celebrate. Doesn't mean you're less hungry against over top. And that's the thing I couldn't separate that when I was when I was a bit younger and life's wise. Like I couldn't separate I I used to think if I celebrate now, that means I'm happier just win my pro debut. I mean I was always gonna win my pro debut, so why should I celebrate it? Because I am always gonna win it. I'll celebrate when I'm world champ. Um, really, I should, I should have appreciated that for what it was. I should have, it, it, it was a massive success. i bought through really well, a great performance. I should have appreciated that and then moved on. And I didn't, I just moved on and didn't get the moment. And I didn't have that night with my friends. They had a great night. And then I still hear to this day, oh, remember your problem, you know, I had a great night. I was at home every night, I was at home every night. At home every night. Don't tell. So, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: so, what's your next? What's your next target where you are going to celebrate? What, what's next on for, for yourself where you
0: will celebrate when you get there? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting. I'm not putting a label on things. It's just like, just like I said, the win, the successes. Now, I could go in. I'm, I'm. It could be as triple as this. During lockdown, I mentioned you earlier. I want to make the most of lockdown. I'm trying to learn learn the keyboard. I'm really bad. I mentioned to you earlier, like. There's some things I'm good at, I you sport. There's something things I'm bad at, like everything else. <laughs> Thank you, Firmly sit under the everything else banner. Um, uh, I'm trying really hard to get good because... I, I just want to, I, I want to challenge myself. And when I nail a song, I'm like, boom, brilliant, I am to celebrate. So it's just about enjoying the moments along the way. So it hasn't got to be a big thing. It could be small things, it could be big things, no, it doesn't matter. I just um, I want to celebrate the little wins along the way. Do you still are you still following boxing a lot? Do you still love the sport? No, nah, not watching? really. Not really. I'm not really. Not really. I mean, I'm not. Not. I'm just. I'm just. Yeah. Uh, for me, it ended really bitterly with the injuries and then right. not being able to do it. And I just, I don't. That's not good for me. Like watching people who 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 are better than, more ability than, watching those guys go out and live out my dream. And yeah. win the belt I should be fighting for and earn money that I should have be been fighting for, it um, pisses yeah. me off. So, why do something or what something pisses you off? So, I mean, I will one day, I'm sure I will one day. One day I'll get back to it and I'll, I'm sure I'll really, really enjoy it. And because um, it, it, it was amazing, it was a massive part of my life. So, I will go back to boxing one day in some capacity, maybe just as a fan, I don't know. If I will one day, I'm sure, do something in boxing again, it's just. I've got things I want to achieve now in my life and yeah. that can take a second step until I you know when I, when I become a massive star in wrestling and, and have an amazing career and I'm less bitter about how my boxing career ended. So I'm happy about how this is. I'm sure I'll be a massive boxing fan again. But until that moment, I'm still just a bit like, focused on what I want to achieve in my life.
1: And just briefly kind of explain the wrestling part. How, how does it kind of see if you've signed, for the wrestling and, and then how does that work out from there? Do you get fights picked
0: out to your matches picked out for you? Yeah, Obviously, so I joined well, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, that's on ITV in the UK, ITV4 on a Friday night, I think it's 10.35. Um, we've got a show, a big show this Saturday, uh, Double or Nothing's like our, like our WrestleMania kind of thing, our, our big show. We're yeah, yeah. running company, we're doing amazing stuff. Uh, the best wrestling in the world. I'm without a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, it really is the best wrestling in the world and they're doing great things. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm training to become a wrestler, and then when lockdown's over, like I was in America before lockdown and I had to come home. Um, but when lockdown's over, I'll go back to the States, I'll carry on training, and then I'll make my debut when I'm, when I'm good and ready. And every Wednesday night, I'll be on TV wrestling. So, kind of a new career for myself. So, it worked out like that, really. Do you have a Do you have a name? For the wrestling? Do you have a? I mean, I'll be my. I mean, I'll, I'll be my name. I'll be me. I'm not too sure. I'll have, I'll, I'll have like a moniker as well. I think I'm sure I will. But I mean, I'll be me. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna become. I'm not gonna become Mister Whatever because everyone knows on me. And like yeah, yeah. wrestling's different now. Back in the '80s, wrestling's a bit bit silly, bit cartoony. Uh, everyone had like gimmicks and silly little names and stuff. Just everyone nowadays knows who you are. You have got Wikipedia. You have got Google. You can find things. Out so I'll be me. I'll be, yeah. be like they were saying, wrestling the best wrestlers are those guys that are themselves they just turn the volume up to the max and they'll be. Yeah. I'll be me, but a, a larger large version of me. i
1: have hey, got, okay, you know, I've
0: got um, well, homework with my niece in the moment. Um, um, on. on, we'll on finish your your face time, last so. question. Um, dinner. We're at a dinner party.
1: You can invite three guests, anyone alive or dead. Who would you pick and why?
0: So I did this, uh, I got asked this last night, and there was five guests, I like, panicked. And I'll say the same thing. It's like, well, this is a great question, and people always want to pick, like, cool people. And I think, even if you've got a dinner party, it's what, it's what? probably three hours, maybe an hour at the end, to have like, a little nightcap. You've got four, five hours' stand of people. It's like, I'd want people who are interesting. Yeah. It's like... And this is the, I said last night again, this this can't be the headline of of this interview. But somebody, and I was thinking, somebody's really interesting, like the most evil man that's probably ever lived, like Hitler. Like, without shadow of a doubt, the most evil man ever. I'd love to talk to him and go, why are you such a horrible person? Like, what, like what, like what, how? Yeah, like to understand the mindset. Yeah, yeah what was your mindset? And, and not just that, how did you have this ideology and manage to convince millions of people, millions of people to share it with you and to go and kill millions of innocent people? Like, yeah. like the like, most evil man on the planet, but, but... Uh, must be fascinating like obviously yeah, you know, yeah. so, uh, so something like that um, I love that answer I know, by the something. way that answer's great by the way because a lot cheers, of people cheers, would go for it. that's a great answer so yeah Nah, cheers mate. I'd I would have had it so Hitler or Churchill, Lovely Churchill love ch like Churchill Hitler or Churchill. Probably couldn't have both because it's a bit of know. Kick I would kick off. I was at dinner party, I've got a new carpet, I don't I don't red one on my new carpet, you know, so <laughs> one or the other. So Hitler or Churchill, one or the other yeah. <laughs> Um, some female representation let's say probably Beyonce you know to sing us sing for us big fan of Beyonce She'd lived quite a tough life as well I'll bring in um, in, in Texas quite a racial area in America um, so Beyonce and who else Um, um Dali because I mean not just jo- yeah I mean nothing, nothing to be said about that I know excellent well thanks for coming on
1: the podcast i appreciate this anthony and uh, i wish you success i look forward to seeing you um, make your debut in the wrestling cheers buddy